podcast sweat house are you hot no we're just churning out the cast uh. today <laughs> i am a little warm though my body's catching up with the day I'm sipping on some coffee or espresso nice it's raining outside i know i wish i could enjoy the season more but alas it's in not. beautiful california i know it was pouring when i woke up at like 6 30 really? it was coming down in laguna beach it was hard <laughs> and fast <laughs> i had to close my window it <laughs> uh, doesn't always rain here, but when it does, it comes hard. Yeah, our seasons are small and concentrated. Yeah, but no, I can see why you'd be warm. I'm drinking a cold coffee. Nice. Well, your hands are cold. Yeah, you're a yeah, you're a big guy. But but today we were supposed to be doing an ideology episode, and I decided it's too stressful to put together <laughs> to put together right now. We might do it later, but right now at this point in my life, at this season. Yeah, we can't do it. So instead, we're going to do uh, something else that we don't do very often. Mm-hmm. We haven't done an ideology episode since like episode 40-something. That was a while ago. And this is episode 199, <laughs> listener. 199? 199. Right on the precipice. That's why I wanted to slip in an ideology, like have at least one every 100 episodes. Just but tuck it in. It's not going to work. No. Uh, but yeah, today we're doing a video game episode. And yeah. there's been a lot of video games coming out, as usual. I was just going to say, it's been, you know, there have been a few good games this year. And uh, there are two super big releases. This is one of them. I think we did a cast for the other one, Elden Ring. We did. So Elden Ring and this game are kind of vying for... Uh, game of the year. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a meme G-O-T-Y. <laughs> it's kind of a meme award. Uh, I think the video game awards, for what it's worth, are actually next week. And so they're going to decide... The, the community, you know, if you oh, will. we're doing this right before. Damn, we should have waited. But it's it's between basically the race is between Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok, which is what we're doing today, the cast. God of War Ragnarok. The newest AAA action adventure uh, game. Story game. <laughs> you know, because it's not, it's not just a hack and slash. It's you, not? No, God of War has always been first and foremost concerned with story and set piece it's a game franchise that is known for its big moments and um gameplay has always been a combination of hack and slash you know third person with like quick time events and that kind of thing because they want they're really concerned not just with gameplay but with like these these big moments and scenes in this character's life so it kind of plays out a little bit except not turn-based but like how final fantasy used to be where like you play through something and then you have like kind of a movie to watch for a little bit. Yeah, it's very cinematic, at, uh, even when you're just playing it. But there, especially in this game, there are a lot of cutscenes. You're spending a lot, a lot of games are like that. Arkham Asylum, Batman. Yeah, like that. That's that's kind of the AAA model now. If you're not doing a battle royale and you want to get your your game out there, a battle in a big royale way, like just name a couple. Oh, like Fortnite. There you go. That was kind of the fad for a few years. But big narrative AAA story games are typically in the style of like yeah. very cinematic, a lot of watching cutscenes and um, yeah. videos in between gameplay. And this game is long. And from the outset, we should say, to turn off all the actual gamers that tuned in to listen to us, neither Gabe or I have actually played it. No. <laughs> no, I I did not have the time, but I have watched it. I've kept it you on. You watched the whole thing? Yeah. All the I, way through? Not it. I have watched it all the in, way through. In pieces. Uh, in, in pieces, yeah. Because yeah. it's long. It is long. 
And I've watched a couple different people play through it, which is fun because you see different people approach it in different ways. Right. The gameplay. And this will be more Gabe carrying this episode than it is me. Which means it'll be brief. <laughs> no. It'll, <laughs> it'll be it'll be a quickie. If it's anything like the last video game episodes, it'll be an hour. I feel like we knocked out Elden Ring in like 20 to 30 minutes. Did we not? I don't know. So let's let's talk about God of War, Ragnarok. The last God of War, I think, came out like, what, like three years ago? Yeah, so just a, just a brief uh, history lesson on God of War. As someone who is only myself very casually related to the franchise, this is God of War 5. Uh, God of War 4 was kind of a, a relaunch, a spiritual reboot of the series, but also a sequel. God of War 4 came out in like 2018, circa 2018. Okay. And that was a big deal for its time as well, uh, which set the tone for this new game. Uh, God of War is a franchise that's existed for a while. It came out in the 2000s, God of War 1, 2, and 3, ending around 2010, 2012. Mm-hmm. And that original series, uh, that original trilogy told the story of Kratos, the titular God of War. Titler? Titler? The God of War, Kratos, and his adventures and misadventures, uh, essentially going around killing gods, as you can imagine. So he's Christian Bale from Thor, Love, and Thunder? You know, basically, <laughs> in in more ways than one. The God Killer. And I, I, I honestly don't know anything about those games, but I know the story is essentially him breaking free from being uh, a tool of the gods. Mm. It's like Hades. Yeah. And so he suffers a lot, and he does a lot of killing and murder, and he's come <laughs> to this place. So we find him in God of War 4 as an older man, and they've essentially taken the Logan approach, James Mangold's mm-hmm. Logan. Mm-hmm where now Kratos is this old grizzled man. I'm too tired for this shit. It's, yeah, basically that. And he is still a, a badass and still this uh, player character where you can go on a rampage killing gods. But he <laughs> he has this boy. Yeah, I remember seeing the footage for this and watching, I watched gameplay of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's now raising this young boy, his, his wife, the boy's mother. I'm going to try to steer clear of spoilers because I highly recommend anybody vaguely interested in this. Uh, go play it because it's a phenomenal um, couple of games. We're talking uh, about not spoiling God of War 4 that came yeah, out just, five I'm years I'm just going to hit the major beats without spoiling too much from anything because I think I can do that pretty easily. Major beats? Major beats. Go ahead. Uh, general beats. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's essentially in the care of this boy who is his son, even though uh, Kratos as a, is a kind of a remote... Um, dad they're not really estranged but he's not he's not like a dad guy you know yeah. he's he's just a he's a he's a he's a man's man he's like an old grizzled you know veteran of war who's just trying to live the rest of his days in peace but now he has to raise this kid <laughs> and so the game takes place here in the twilight of his life i think that's the expression right where he's old yes and he um is trying to leave this life behind him but things keep catching up with him you're running into this pantheon of gods. We've run through different pantheons in the past, and in God of War 4 and 5, I think we're dealing a lot with Norse gods. So there's a big focus on characters like Odin and Thor and Thor's entire extended family, <laughs> uh, amongst other figures like uh, Jormungandr. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Who's the world snake? A uh, bunch of iconic characters and figures um, and locations from those including uh, in five, you go to Asgard. Asgard. And all the different realms. There's like eight or nine realms. Yeah. Niflheim. Yep. Svalheim. Wait, 
is five a continuation of the story from yeah four? four or five is basically a direct sequel to four okay. uh, and it takes place not immediately after but four ends in such a way that you essentially bring on ragnarok which is the end of the world mm. uh through kratos and his Just sons like in thor ragnarok yeah, exactly yeah you this the story is nothing like Marvel's Thor Ragnarok, but there are some good things <laughs> that uh, keen viewers will be able to pick out, like um, Ragnarok, like Ragnarok, <laughs> <laughs> for the keen viewers. Um, but yeah, through Kratos and his son, his son's name is Atreus. Their actions in four bring about Ragnarok, and so that sets the stage for five, which takes place a few years after four. But tonally, it's like we're right there after after the events of four. So it picks up. Uh, Kratos is now becoming closer with his son, who is a little bit older. His son was like maybe 10 or 12 in the, in four. And now his son's a teenager and yeah, they're dealing with the consequences of those actions and the incursion of more gods, including the game's main antagonist is Odin himself. And Odin's family is now in direct conflict, conflict exactly with Kratos and his family. So Wow. That's our game. <laughs> yeah. And this is a different Odin. Really interesting take that I've never seen before. Usually the pantheon of Norse gods are played by, you know, British thespians, you know, like Anthony Hopkins in Marvel. Yeah. This take on the gods is completely refreshing for me. It's like essentially they feel very much like a like an old East Coast American gangster family. And okay. Odin's got this kind of Al Capone vibe. He's played by Richard Schiff, who's actually in Marvel. Um, Richard Schiff had the bit part in Black Panther mm. in the new one as one of the guys at the beginning who were holding the council and Angela Bassett walks in, you know? Yeah. Richard Schiff was the dude who was talking. Right, right, right. right. I know who you're talking about. Incredible actor. Yeah. Hadn't seen a lot from him before, but his performance as Odin is uh, really cool. And Okay. Yeah, so... so what makes yeah sorry i was that gonna was, say that was what i was gonna what ask. makes this game legendary what makes this game unique it, good enough to talk about yeah i mean why are people freaking out about it I, I, think, I should ask because especially like my my main question with elden ring was like why is this game so massive the hype the hype is strong with this well one. steven it's a simple answer oh okay uh but there are a few parts to it the the short is that uh it's exceptional in every way it's like the <laughs> It's like, it's like, uh, it's essentially like okay. an Avengers movie in a game Okay. in terms of the quality of the storytelling and the production value. I mean, this is, this is basically like the premier AAA story game, um, action adventure story game of our time. You know, we, these are the kind of games that only come along every couple of years. You know, a few years ago we had, uh, Red Dead 2 and then we had, um, you know, like Witcher 3 before that. Red Dead 2 is an amazing game. So. Yeah, there's always a game every couple of years or every year. So is is God of War, Ragnarok, like Red Dead, where like there is so much built into the game that you could explore it sort of infinitely? Uh, it's Or is it more linear than it's that? It's more linear. Okay. It's not uh, strictly an open world game, even though it has, you have the freedom to explore the world and you can approach... A smaller missions and side quests in such a way mm -hmm. that you can like have a pseudo open world but it is a linear story game but the scale is huge the story is epic and so you, it, it has that level of um appeal yeah 
Yeah, oh, it's okay. the production value is so high. Everything feels good and smooth and polished. The, the graphics are good. The graphics are incredible. Honestly, it does e- like through gameplay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, top of the line. I mean, there. I. I'm, is this mainly a PlayStation or or Microsoft game? Yeah, it is a PlayStation exclusive. Okay. I think they just released God of War four earlier this year on PC, so it's going to be a few years before people can this play is this. For PS five. Yeah. Is, yes. is it reverse? Do they have a PS four version of it? Do you know? Probably. To make more uh, money. You know, for this one, I'm not sure. A 720p they God might, of War Ragnar? They might, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, even though that sort of thing holds games back. But God of War 5, it looks and hold plays... Hold me back. Yeah. <laughs> hold me back. But God of War 5 looks and plays incredibly. And it, it's, uh, it's a very accessible game. Sometimes with games like this, a great example would be Elden Ring. Yeah. There's a bit of a barrier for entry because the level... Uh, it's a difficult game, but God of War Five has, while there's depth of gameplay and a, and you could argue a high skill ceiling, there's still it's still very accessible and it's very easy to get into it for a casual player, mm. which is a huge factor for its massive success. For sure. Um, so you can get up and you can play the hack and slash style and not think too much about it and just immerse yourself in yeah. the story. Yeah. Okay, I have a couple questions, and yeah. then and then I'm going to ask you a couple spoilery questions. Okay. My first question is. Which game do you like more? And which game did you enjoy more? Elden Ring or this one? Or God of War? (laughs) Uh, It's honestly, they're they're two different beasts. No pun intended. What do you think will win then? I think it'll be... uh, Game of the year. (laughs) I feel like it'll be God of War Ragnarok. Wow. For a couple reasons. One is recency bias. But also, like I said, it's more accessible for for the average... Not just player, average but, Joe. but for the average consumer. Yeah, but they are two different kinds of games, and I like appealing to me. I I am a romantic, so I get caught up in these these big emotional moments that even some could consider cheesy. Like in Ragnarok, they, there's a lot of emotion, but I also like the mysterious. Like in Elden Ring, they don't give you much to go off of, so it leaves so much to the imagination, and I love that as well. And the dark atmosphere, all that, it plays really well with me. God of War, like I said, Ragnarok feels like a Marvel Avengers movie. There's plenty of humor to to match the mm. deep and emotional beats. Mm-hmm. So my second question is where, without spoilers, where does this game leave us for the future of the God of War franchise? There's closure to in the a, end of the in game. In a non-spoiler way. This game kind of... Is Kratos going to live on after this one? Or is... Now that is the, the definitive spoiler. Does Kratos survive God of War 5? Spoilers for God of War 5 Ragnarok. Yeah, this, I, this is where I was going to get into spoilers. Does Kratos live through the events of Ragnarok? Spoilers. The answer is yes, he does. All signs are pointing to Kratos dying. Like, I mean, it was like teed up perfectly to have the the sad death. You there, know? Was a char- there was that, did you see that spoiler I sent you on Instagram where the, the creator was talking about uh, there was like a character that was fake the whole time and then you find the real one in the end. Who's that character? Yeah, uh, that was another huge reveal. Was that the god Tyr, who is another iconic figure in the mythos? Uh, you meet him in God of War Five after believing for the past two games that he had been dead. He is revealed to be alive, but then he is revealed towards the end of the game to have been Odin in disguise the whole time, like leading us on, being privy to all of our plans and uh, efforts against Odin. Odin knows all this stuff because he's pretending to be Tyr. He's shapeshifted. Kind of like Loki does in... Uh, the Marvel films. Yeah, where he, he becomes Odin. 
that's basically what Tyr's doing here, or Odin. So then he reveals himself in the third act. And it's like, oh my God. Wild. It's like a brain-breaking moment because yeah. this character has not only been with you most of the game. Yeah, he knows everything. Yeah, he's, he's also been a close confidant of our characters. And he, the character of Tyr in this God of War series is like kind of anti-war, even though his history is like the previous God of War. But so when it's revealed to be Odin, it kind of, it's like a, it's oh a pretty gosh. big shocking yeah, moment. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. But yeah, th- there's a lot, just to, to step into the nuance of this game. Was Odin, let, like, does it kind of reveal that Odin was manipulating you the whole time? Basically, but there's a larger point to that that I'll get to in a sec. I want to jump back to your earlier question where you asked about Kratos. Okay. Yeah, at the end of the game, Kratos is still alive, and God of War 5 Ragnarok ends in such a way that if this was the last we ever see of our characters, it's a very bittersweet, but it's an end with closure. Yeah. And so Kratos, uh, his, his character arc is essentially ended. And he's left um, parting ways with his son. Atreus also survives. And Atreus has come to this point. His coming-of-age story has blossomed to the point where he's now going to set off on his own and fulfill his destiny. So if there is a new God of War game, we could pick up with either character or both, and they could be doing their own things because they're now at a point where they're... It's like they've come together to to grow apart. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. They're at a point where they understand each other and they're like... They can move on. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're now closer than they've ever been, but Atreus has to move on to find his own destiny because another reveal is that Atreus is revealed to be Loki, but not the Loki that we know from Marvel. This Loki is a champion of the giants, of the Jotun, and he is the one who is, uh, according to myth, because this game plays a lot with prophecy, uh, he is in this game the one who brings who like works against Odin and so they succeeded another spoiler they defeat Odin Odin's super dead Omega dead along with most of his family in Asgard Omega red Omega dead so yeah anyway the game ends with closure on that front I'm sure they'll make some more God of War because it's as big as it is it's a cultural phenomenon and they turn this out they turn this out in like four years yeah that's crazy yeah I think they probably worked on God of War 4 for about the same time frame, but... Wow. Um, yeah, and it's not... Some games like this it's take a long time to make. They do, and even long. when they take a long time, they're often not as good. polished and completed. Yeah. I'm not looking at you, Cyberpunk 2077. Wink, Cyberpunk. But this this is the new benchmark or the new standard for that as well, the delivery of a, of a completed product in, in an expected time window, you know? But yeah, I wanted to jump into the other... Like, some of the other stuff that makes this game as good as it is, the voice acting and what they did, they do motion capture in this game to oh. bring about those lifelike performances on a physical level. So, like, Last of Us, Red, yeah. Red Dead, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's, the new, it's another new big thing in gaming is the motion Planet capture. Planet of the Apes. Exactly, yeah. So, the, the voice actors, Lord of the, Rings. the main ones being the Christopher guy. Judge as Kratos and oh. Sonny Soliak as Atreus, who was in mid-90s. These two guys... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the kid. Oh, okay. He's the boy. These two guys are in the studio, essentially acting, you know, on a stage, yeah. and then they're but they're covered in the dots, and they have the, the yeah. suits on. Yeah. But both these guys and the rest of the cast, everybody delivers such an amazing performance, but especially Christopher Judge himself, it, it is such... He has such an iconic voice, and he does such an amazing job with this character and bringing out this level of depth that is honestly the core of the game mm-hmm. is is like the peeling back of Kratos's character you know the heart like like I said in Logan the hard and grizzled veteran who's like right. who learns to 
be this this new person yeah are most games like this that have the intercut you were you're calling them quick time events but movies like the little are they all mostly done by motion capture like la noir kind of style nowadays or or are people still making cutscenes the, the big with, AAA with, stuff with just like cg characters most of it most well i don't know i couldn't give you a percentage but a lot of the big games are done this way now like Was last of us did elden ring have motion capture no elden ring and the from software games those are just are a very different beast and all their stuff is their own very particular style there are no cuts there well there are are a few but there are there's a very limited Mm -hmm. cinematic Mm -hmm. cutscene, quick time moments like that in elden ring yeah so i don't think they do any motion capture okay but yeah it's this so it's a very different experience but also like like i said the story in this game uh, is amazing as well. It's always interesting through a he- long playthrough. Like I said, it's 30 or 40 hours on a casual playthrough, which is very long for your average AAA game. Tons of set pieces, different adventures, side quests to fill out the time if you want to explore all those little nooks and crannies of the world and you know be a completionist. A lot of people are into that. Too many nooks. <laughs> Too many nooks. Yeah, it's just, it's there's a lot a lot to love here and yeah. um yeah watching it was a pleasure <laughs> how's the score oh incredible it's bear mccreary back with the performance of a lifetime in fact <laughs> i there's not too many games i'm a big people who listen to this podcast know how much i love score yeah but there's not too only the big games are the ones where you remember like the iconic theme this is a game where it is just as iconic as any other. And Bear McCreary has done so much in film and television and games, as well as God of War 4. And he, his music, he's, he's a phenomenal composer, and it's such a big part of the success of this game being the music. So mm-hmm. he, he did a great job. Cool. Yeah. Santa Monica Studio is the developer, by the way. So that's who made this game. Yeah. Well, right here. Maybe at the end, we'll play something from Bear McCreary's score. Yeah, we will. That Gabe chooses. Bomb, bomb, bomb. 